wedding and yes. i've actually named you as the groom on my website which is quite funny which is a security thing but so i photographed your brother's wedding and we have a had a mutual friend sort of relatively speaking before that which is lauren yes yeah, who is yeah. a photo- wedding photographer as well yep. and i knew you on that day having sort of had you pointed out to me as being a potential wedding photographer or someone who had photographed quite a few weddings i think as a second shooter yeah so i've done a lot of second shooter weddings for lauren and is that something you wanted to go down as a photographer? You wanted to do weddings or was it more that you felt like that was the route you were supposed to go down? Um, I think because that's how I was introduced to photography, it's kind of what I fell in love with. I mean, for me, one of the things I enjoyed about it was capturing people's emotions on a day. Yeah, I think especially as a second shooter, you get the the candid little moments between people that you might not necessarily get as the main photographer. So when I went through her pictures against mine, she got all the the, the standard wedding f- photos, so the, all the group photos and stuff. But the little intimate moments between guests where they're laughing, joking, she's trying to capture the big picture. I can get up and close, zoom in and get those little moments. Yeah, and you become more, I guess as a second shoot, you're more anonymous. Yeah. Because people are more focused on Yeah, focused on what person, she's doing. Yeah. So I kind of blend into the background a little bit. So... Your first, your first wedding, your first time, was your first wedding as a second shooter? Yes. So how was that? Was that terrifying? Um, I mean, having a, having a primary there has got to be helpful. Yeah, it was. So I, first time I'd actually picked up a camera was the day before I shot as a second shooter. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we, we went to Wales and um, the original plan wasn't for me to second shoot. I was just there and we were there for a long weekend. So we were just spending a weekend together. Um, I picked up one of her spare cameras the day before, played around with it on fully manual, um, took a few good pictures and she was like, oh, come along. So I did, didn't really feel any pressure for it because they weren't expecting a second shooter, um, which is probably a pretty good way to be introduced to it. Um, And I think of their album, I think maybe like 30% of their photos were my ones. So it, it ended up being pretty good. Yeah. And and is there like a is there like a point in the day that you're more interested in? Like, so for me personally, I have a couple of weird parts of the day. I really like photographing rooms with no one in it. Where I can photograph the details and stuff. Okay, yeah. It's almost impossible because there's always someone who comes in, hangs a jacket over wherever you're photographing and stuff like that. I like the like the little personal details, and I really like the couples photos. Like you know, when you just get the two of them on their own. So, yeah, yeah. what what parts of the day actually do it for you? Um, I quite like the bits of the guests just kind of mingling. I think from what I've got from like friends and stuff that have been married before I started doing photography, um, it's as much about the people that they're sharing the day with as it is about them. Yeah. And obviously the main photographers focuses on the couple. So that's what they're paid to be there for. But all of the guests that are part of that day are a big part of the the wedding as well. So yeah. having having those photos, I think is quite important to them. And whilst the main photographer is going after and all the portraits with the bride and groom, I can go around, get the the couples, all the all the friends and guests, all the individual families that aren't necessarily in the group photos and get good pictures of them. Um, 
some of them might not be used in the album necessarily, but it's it's a reminder of the day of who was there, who shared those moments with them. I think those ones are like the... Those photos are like the fiver in a pair of jeans you find yeah. out of nowhere because yeah. you'll go back through your photos a few years later and you'll actually see stuff that has completely gone from your memory because it's not the main collection that you went with to begin with. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, God, you remember this? And we saw them and, oh, you know, that look what's happened to so-and-so and things like that. It's quite funny, actually, how many, um, how many weddings we do where there seems to be like some form of thing happened between the time the wedding happened and the time they get the photos, which is only like two weeks for us. Yeah. And they're like, oh, is there any chance we can take so-and-so out of the group photo? Or <laughs> Like, come on, guys, it's been two weeks. Can you just like keep it together for two weeks? Yeah. But I suppose that's just the nature of people, right? So since second shooting, have you shot any on your own? Yeah, so I've started doing some, because um, I do modelling as well as photography now, I've started doing some um, modelling photos for other people. Um I haven't really got as much time to do the the wedding the wedding stuff recently just because of the editing afterwards. Yeah. Um but as and when I've got time, yeah, I do some modeling photos for people. Right. And is 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 the idea that the modeling photos sort of help you with photographing people and you bring that back to weddings or is photographing models something you'd want to sort of go down that route? Um just trying something a bit different out i think with models you've got the opportunity to be a little bit more creative um with weddings i think you're very much limited by the people you're photographing and what they want out of their wedding day which is great that's what you're there and that's what you're you're paid to do but photographing models you can be more creative with the lighting the setup um and just kind of put your own spin on the the look of the image and you've got the time to try stuff that might not work. Yeah, exactly. And, and be okay with failing. Yeah. It's not really a lot of chances in a 10-hour wedding day where you can be like, well, I'll give it a go, but it'll probably be terrible and we'll try something else. Yeah, it's a little bit That's more kind, relaxed. You kind of, every photo counts for the wedding. Yeah. Um, so how are you finding photographing models? Like your first model shoot, because obviously you you model as well. So the first time you photographed a model, had you modeled yourself before that? Uh, yes, I had. So you were photographing a model and you'd already done modeling. So you had kind of an idea of what their side of things was like. Yeah. Did that help? Yeah, I think it did. Um, it helped. So it was another guy I was modeling. So from that point of view, I kind of knew what I was expecting the model to do because it's what I would be expected to do if I was in their position. Yeah. Um, I think it helped as well that I'd modeled with the guy before as well. Um, so I knew him quite a while and had a fairly good relationship anyway so he was fairly patient with me like getting to grips with it because it it is slightly different to photographing a wedding yeah um you have got a lot more time with it and i think the first shoot i did i wasn't really aware of that so i was i was trying to get everything quickly rather than trying to actually yeah arrange what i wanted to get in the image um so did you find you came away with like images that were like okay but you you wish you'd have got more yeah just right. like small small little changes of angle framing and stuff like that that I, which are I worse than the big done. ones right when you come away with a small issue and you're like god we were so close yeah it's much more frustrating than then you just go oh, i completely missed the focus yeah. on something yeah but yeah. then in in wedding photography, you don't have the chance to do that. You don't have the chance to be like, oh, bride, sorry, can you just come back a minute and yeah. kiss the groom again? Yeah. Can we just go for the whole ceremony again? Because I just want to try it from the left. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't really work. Yeah. I've had a couple of registrars where they've 
Um, they've done like, you know, you may now kiss the bride and everyone collapsed and all that. And then they'll turn around. It's all died down. They'll go, did you get that to me? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, don't please stop bringing attention to me. Like, I'm not important right now. Carry on. You're fine. Which I suppose that's, if you're in a position where you haven't got it, that would be really helpful. But yeah. I also can't really imagine a situation where I'd be like, yeah, completely fucked that up. Is there any chance you can get them to do it again? Like, because you're going to look ridiculous to everybody. So it's a bit of a strange one. So as far as photographing models, then, if we stayed there, um, you photographed guys and girls? Yes, yeah. And from a photography side, which do you prefer? Um, I'd probably say girls. I think there's more they can do posing-wise. Yep. I think there's more you can do creatively with them. Um at least in my head there is anyway. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen as well, looking around for like inspiration, I just think there's a lot more potential to work with. Um, and there's a lot more they can do with angles and stuff. Whereas guys, I think, I, I don't know. I, it might be because I'm potentially a bad model myself and I, I have limited poses. <laughs> I don't know. But I think of like what I do compared to female models I know and right. their variety of poses. And there's just, there's, there's a bigger range there. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. I think it might just be down to more feminine versus masculine type situation. Being masculine is about being quite stoic. So you can't really overpose stoicism because mm. you're, you're, you're trying to look, I don't want to say disinterested, but a lot of male modelling is about looking disinterested. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but as far as like reverse engineering it, so the stuff where you photographed male models, is there stuff you've picked up from male models and you brought it into your modelling? Like you've seen them do something. seeing what others have done. Yeah, or like a way that they've worked. Or even is there something they've done that you've absolutely hated as the photographer and you're like, right, I'll make sure I never do that. Yeah, there's a few little things. Um, so in terms of like say headshots for example um one of the first things i was taught with headshots is kind of stick your head out a little bit because you get rid of the the little bit underneath your chin yeah um there's a another little trick that guys can do i learned from someone else if you do like a almost like a half swallow you kind of get rid of that as well without putting your oh, I see. neck out right um so from from front on if you're photographing it and your head's out a little bit, it doesn't make too much of a difference yeah if you photograph inside on and you're trying to get rid of that double chin you're you look like you're trying to be a tortoise whereas if you half swallow <laughs> it gets rid of that and yeah. it's, it's fine it's, it's you know i have a couple of tricks and it comes to like if i do beauty work with the collarbone on on like female models yeah and one of the tricks is like hands on the you put get them to put their hands flat on their lap when they're sat down and like rest it and start to bring it up towards their hips and then there's a point where it actually just starts to pronounce like the collarbone more without it looking ridiculous. But if you ask someone to pronounce their collarbone more, they just end up looking like they're trying to take a shit. Yeah. Everyone I, just kind I, of tries to hulk up. Yeah, you're trying to like start tensing and yeah, stuff. And, and it just, in especially like the tighter the crop, the funnier it is. Yeah. Because it just looks like something really bad is happening just out of frame. Um, so when it comes to photographing male models, how... I mean, it, I don't know, uh, because I'm a bit of a troll-looking kind of guy. I'm never going to be a model. I don't really know where you're coming from when you're doing it. But do you ever find um, the, the way that another male model works frustrates you with what you're trying to get from them? Um, the only, I guess the only experience I've got from that is uh, a guy I worked with wanted like some physique kind of shots. Yeah. And he, he had a good physique anyway, but what he kept trying to do was tense everything um, to, to pronounce everything. But it just looked 
he gave him like he was trying to have a shit. Like yeah. he was tensing his arms. He looked like he was trying to do some kind of Hulk pose, which it, it just didn't work for the images. And no matter how much I said, like just kind of relax with it. Yeah. He was trying to pronounce his muscles, which I, I can understand it was a physique shot, but it just wasn't, wasn't working the way it was meant to. He wasn't taking on board the relaxing and stuff just because he wanted to get out of it, his muscles as pronounced as possible. Yeah. And he thought that way of doing that was to tense as much as possible. Which is kind of where the lighting's supposed to be doing the work. And yeah. yeah. I suppose if you're already in shape, it could, it should already be kind of doing the work. As yeah. It is. You contour with the lighting and stuff instead. Not- well, there is, there is like supposedly the same level of, I'm really probably stepping on some bad areas here because I'm probably not scientifically hundred percent right. <laughs> but I was being told that there are like links between the, um, the, the, the like the the mental state issues of people that have anorexia and the mental state issues of bodybuilders okay that they they have the same level of like body dysmorphia where they just don't see what they actually look like yeah and i think that with especially like the current the current fitness trend is weird to me like it's astonishing the amount of people that have learned bizarre ways to stand when they take a selfie so they can pronounce certain parts of their body. Okay. Yeah. Like the, the current thing, cause obviously at the moment we're like, I think Bill Maher called it generation ass where everything is about what a girl's ass looks like. And I, that the way women stand when they're like fitness models or they're, they're into their fitness to get like that pronounced look, they just look like they're a horse to me. Yeah. The way they like turn their leg yeah, out. One and then, leg slightly bent and. Yeah. It's, it's got like, like a, a bit of, it's got like a dressage thing going yeah, on for me. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not good. So do, do you have to stay in shape? Like, is it like an active thing? Because you're, how old are you? Uh, 29. Christ, why do I look so old? I'm two years younger. Um, so do you have to do a lot of, do you have to be quite um, active in staying in shape? Or is it something that passively just kind of happens with your diet? Um, for me, staying in shape is more... It's more a mental thing than my physical appearance. So in terms of like relieving stress, uh, I'll go to the gym to do that. Sports has always been my way of kind of letting steam So off. the fitness is a byproduct of what it's actually about. Yeah. I see. That's just a really good way of kind of, that's a great way to stay in shape really, because if your only goal is the actual physical side of things, you're never going to be happy. Yeah. But I guess if there is like a, there is an end goal, and there's a there's an awesome byproduct of it as well. Yeah, exactly. So not not to force anything too controversial, um, but what's your opinion on like the trend of like plus size modeling and and things like that? Is it something you think is a good thing? Yeah, I do. Um, it's it's got its place in the industry. There's a lot of clothes. Uh, there's a there's a lot of people that are plus size. Yep. Um, I. I'd say I disagree with it being called plus size um, because some of the people that are called plus size aren't plus size. They're not, they're not big. They're not fat. They're not obese. Um, They're just bigger than what they're They're like regular sized. Yeah. They're regular sized, but they, they might be slightly bigger than what the model standard of regular is, which is thinner than I think it should be. Right. Um, But there are plenty of people so would you say that for, for male and female modeling? Um, that, that it's thinner than it should be. That's an interesting one. I haven't actually seen any male models called plus size male models. 
They do exist. I can definitely say I've seen some exist, um, but, but are they, they are categorized as plus size, or are they yeah, just I believe large I believe they are really. Okay. Yeah, they're considered like. So just because I have to make sure that it's not fair that I expect anyone else to have an opinion and then I don't at least give my side. I'm personally not a fan of the label as well. Yeah. But for a different reason. Okay. I'm not a fan of the label because I don't believe the way that you create inclusivity is by segregating. Yeah. So if you want to say that there should be models of all sizes, then they're models. Yeah. yeah, By calling them plus size models, you're saying these are different. Yeah. And... If it was the industry doing that, to me, that would be bad. But in a lot of a, a lot of circumstances I've been involved with, I've I've known models who are plus size models because they call themselves plus size models. And I think that if you're going to self define, you're telling everyone that you're different. So you can't then have a problem with the industry segregating you. Yeah, very true. That's I- that's where my issue lies. You're either a model or you're not. Yeah, I guess people use it as a, a selling point for themselves as a model. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it does work both because ways. Because it's a weird line to draw and say, this is the only type of um, variable we'll accommodate a separate genre for. Because if you think about it like this, not to because it's 2019 and this is going to be a terrifying way for someone to say something, but if you had a section on a website that was black models, that wouldn't feel right. Yeah, true. If you separated the black and the white models, that would feel weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you had like a subsection that's like Asians, it would feel weird. I understand that you can do catalogue searches when you're looking for a model and say, look, I'm looking for someone of like Filipino type look or I'm looking for someone of African type look or I'm looking for blonde or whatever. Yeah. I understand all of that. But if you subsectioned it where you're like, you're not a model, you're an Asian model, that feels weird. Yeah. That feels segregatory. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. gross. And I I just feel that personally the the idea that they need their own section is a stupid way to self-segregate and then complain about a lack of inclusivity. That's where my main problem comes. Yeah, I agree with that, but then is it is it an issue that comes from the industry or as society as a whole? Because it's, you've it's, got Asian yeah. cultures, so yep. if they're going to market towards Asian people, that's how they're going to market it yep. because it's going to be branded Asian. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the the main crux of it comes down to the chicken egg terminology in, in the sense of if the industry comes in and says, right, if you are over a size 10, you're a plus size model, which I've actually seen lower, which is bizarre. Yeah. But if you say you're over a size 10, you're a plus size model. It's, it's a stupid number. But if the industry dictates that and then other people follow, I think that's gross. If the industry doesn't dictate that, but people have decided on their own backs to segregate themselves, that's stupid. I don't agree with the label, whichever way it's come about. And yeah, I think yeah, one yeah. way is a lot worse than the other. I think if the, if the industry has decided to say, like, here's a bunch of people, they're models, but they're different, that's gross. And I don't think that should be a thing that people do. Um, but I've been told I'm wrong on that. I've been told that it's absolutely necessary to do that because... It, it promotes inclusivity. I, I, for the life of me, there is a disconnect between separating someone and creating the, the inclusivity. Um, so as far as your modeling goes, this is probably somewhere that I, a way that I know you a bit better. So we've, we've shot recently. Um, how long have you been modeling? Uh, about two years now, two and a half, maybe. Two and a half years. So yeah. what was the, how did that come about? Was it 
did you know a photographer said would you mind modeling or was it like someone found you out of nowhere or no so it was it was through photography um i was at a styled wedding shoot and groom didn't show up um and the suit that he was meant to be wearing fitted me other photographer said i will fit you jump in um ended up being in wedding magazine and did you get paid no, it wasn't paid oh, for that one. Yeah, I know. That's terrible. Yeah, it wasn't paid for that one. But it, it ends up being a wedding magazine. And from there, other people have just been like, oh, can we use you for a shoot? And it, it kind of just grew from there. Um, it wasn't, certainly wasn't ever a decision I consciously made. Oh, I want to be a model now. But you enjoyed the first experience, I'm guessing. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, I, I enjoy the people I work with. Um, I've met some fantastic people through doing it. And it, yeah, I think I think the biggest part of it for me is the people I actually work with. Right. And so, what is the the sort of format that you you work on? Is it, are you freelance or are you agency? Uh, I am with an agency, but I can work freelance as okay. well. And and when it comes to the majority of your jobs, do you find that it's like yourself and the photographer, and the photographer's booked you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that dynamic, how does that work out for you? Because obviously, if you're a female model and a male photographer, the dynamic, wouldn't, uh, it's more common. I wouldn't say it's more natural. It's definitely more common um, because a lot of lot more models are female and a lot of photographers are male, yeah. it's like as a rough generalisation. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure someone out there's got a statistic that might be like a twat. But, um, but how do you find the dynamic? Because there are guys, I've learned this just not looking like what I look like, but there are guys that are intimidated by like, you're quite a tall guy. You're obviously in shape. Do you ever have an issue of like, there feels like an intimidation factor or has everyone been kind of cool with you? Yeah, I've not really experienced anything like that yet. Um, it's it, every shoot I've been to has been quite relaxed. And I, I don't think I've ever met a photographer yet, touch wood, that's <laughs> kind of been intimidating right. and kind of put pressure on me to do anything. It's, it's all been fairly relaxed. Because I've had a couple of shoots with, uh, especially. Um, going back a couple of years, I had two shoots in a row with male models uh, from an agency where um, the entire shoot was them talking about the women they have chasing them and the the money they make from modelling. And um, like one in particular was quite funny. So when we were doing um, basically just portraiture stuff, he's doing like press-ups between shots to make sure that he feels like he's whatever which has very little to no effect but yeah you know if it makes you feel better then i guess that works yeah, in yeah. its own way um and he made a couple of comments he's like so what are you like five foot nine and it's like i'm five foot eleven but <laughs> like you don't like you know what are we doing here like you you want good photos i'm taking the photos it feels like it's really counterproductive for this to become like a, a controversial situation yeah um and have you modeled with female models other than that first shoot have yes, you like modeled alongside? So alongside. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how's that dynamic? Is that is that difficult? Because obviously you do you meet them on the day and then Yeah, meet them on the so most times I've done that, it's been a styled wedding shoot, so fake groom for the day. Then so you've been married quite a few times now, then. Yeah, I've been married like seven or eight times now. <laughs> um getting used to it. Um but yeah, it's I think because the first the first couple of times I did it, it was uh girls I knew anyway and had kind of known as a friend before. So it felt a lot easier to kind of be in that role, um, which I think then carried on into the, the future time. So I did it where it was a, a bit more relaxed. Um, and I think, I think one of the key things for it is not 
not taking yourself too seriously, I guess. Like, with, like you're saying with the guy with the press ups and stuff, <laughs> like it, he obviously he obviously really cares about his appearance, which is great. And I think yeah. like as a model, you do need to care about your appearance. But at the end of the day, someone's booked you to take photographs of you because you, you've got an appearance that they want to photograph anyway. Yeah. You don't then need to go there and do anything else outside of what you already are for it to work. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, anyway. I think one of the biggest misconceptions by both sides in model photography is the idea that one can survive without the other. It, there are very... Uh, you, you sound like you've had some really nice experiences and and that's that, I'm not knocking that at all. That's brilliant. I've done this now for six and a half years and I've had a few a few hilarious and a few very negative experiences. Um, and the, the, the outcome of it always seems to be that it feels like you're at odds with each other, despite the fact that you're both trying to get to the same end product. Yeah. And obviously there are going to be times where like we've worked together and there will be things I will have done. You aren't used to, or didn't like, or would have preferred done differently. And there'll be things I did that perhaps you liked and preferred other people did whatever. There's always going to be differences in the way people work, but the idea that the model doesn't need the photographer or that the photographer doesn't need the model. is really funny to me. Now I know that the, the immediate like internal argument because i would have it with myself now is that well there's always another model or there's always another photographer but the chances are if you're on a shoot and that's the way you behave you're probably behaving like that with every photographer or every model that you work yeah. with so what are you at odds with you're at odds almost with your own success with the idea of doing well at anything so when it comes to your um, your modeling, where do you want to go with it? Are there brands that you'd like to work with or is there like a genre that you haven't worked in that you'd like to? Um, I've recently started working with a suit hire company and I quite like doing that kind of work. Um, so maybe some brands like ASOS and stuff would be good. Some of the catalog kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, started doing that with a suit company, but a bit more of that would be be ideal really so going down like the commercial route yeah yeah because you've got kind of a you have got like um i'd say you've got like an edgy commercial look because obviously like there's like commercial commercial which is yeah. just as vanilla as it gets and boring and then yeah. like there's the like crazy stuff where someone's got like face tattoos and they're at the alternative end and then like in the middle i think you've got people that could venture either way depending on like the styling and the, yeah, and the genre yeah, yeah. of the shoot um if someone's looking to get into modeling, um, especially obviously you'll probably be able to talk more in terms of guys looking to get into modeling. What's what's like the misconceptions that people have coming into it or what, what should people um, like be prepared for when they come in? I'd say the biggest thing to be prepared for is that not all of your shots are going to look great. You're not going to be happy with all of your shots. Um but it's like you were saying earlier, it's, it's a work in progress between the model and the photographer. There's going to be of a shoot, you might take 100 photos. 20 of them might be out of focus because of the photographer. 20 of them might be you're doing some weird pose that doesn't look right. Mm. Um, you might end up seeing some of them, but that it doesn't matter. You're, you're working together and you will get images. Um, I think it's it's about trying to not, be self-conscious about seeing those images and putting yourself down for some of the images that 
might not look good. Yeah. Um, it's bound to happen. Yeah, I suppose you're looking for, I mean, I'm always looking for like three per set yeah. that that would work uh, to the level that I would be happy to, to move them forwards into actually being seen publicly. That would be yeah. that would be a good set if I can get three. Um, it, when it comes to your relationship with a photographer, what is it that's... Um, what is it that, that helps you kind of feel more comfortable in working? And are there any things that would kind of kill that for you? Um, I'd say it's more about their personality. If when it goes back a long way, but if you, you, you can get an impression of someone from the first, is it five seconds, three seconds, you meet someone. I think it is, it's, it, it's as basic as that in the first five seconds, if you've got a good impression of someone and they've got a personality you can get on with, then I think you're probably likely to get some good photos because you can relax around them. You can be yourself and just kind of enjoy what you're doing. You're not going to feel as self-conscious as you might do if you're with someone that you don't quite feel comfortable with. You think it's like judging you or something like that. Um, But if, if in the first like five seconds or so you've got a good impression of them, then you're probably going to have a good shoot. So one of the things that I sort of bring up on workshops quite a bit is the idea that the worst thing you can say in in the the motion of of taking photos, the worst thing you can say to a model is no. In the sense that when someone sort of feel like there's a bit of fluidity and there's a bit of motion to what they're doing, just because you might not like one particular shot or one particular pose or one particular setup, if you say no, that's not working that that just kills the confidence immediately and it kills the, the fluidity and the, and the sort of the mood. Is that, would that be a sort of accurate way of looking at it? Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. It kind of, it, it kind of shuts down any creativity that they might be trying to bring to the shoot. They might have things that they've done before that have worked with other photographers. It might just be a personal preference that it doesn't work with the photographer they're currently working with. But yeah, saying a flat out no, or, or it doesn't look right or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I think it just kills their confidence in trying to be creative, trying to trying to help create the images that yeah. are wanted from the set. Yeah, it's, it's just, um, there's a story uh, back when I was studying audio engineering and it was my my favourite producer, I think his name's Kevin Shirley, but I'm so out of the loop of music. I'm probably wrong on that. Pretty sure it's Kevin Shirley. It, his nickname is Caveman, that'll do. Um, and, uh, so basically he was telling a story about how you get certain moods cause he does a lot of blues and rock uh, production, okay. lots of albums in those genres. And one of the things he was asked was how do you get the energy in a studio that they would have live? And how do you get them to feel like the mood that the song is supposed to convey? And he said, well, I, I once had a punk, I think it was a punk band in and he was recording them. And the female vocalist, it was supposed to be like a really violently angry song. Like it's supposed to be really fiery and it wasn't really happening. So he ended the recording and they said, well, we'll we'll do the vocals tomorrow. So they get in the next day and he says to the uh, vocalist, okay, you go in the booth. We're ready for you now. So she goes around, gets in the booth and he just sits there talking to his um, assistant. 
so she can see through the glass. He's just sat, he's not even paying attention to her. So he just sits there talking and talking and then he, he waits. And as soon as she gets angry enough that she comes out, yeah, he then says, oh, no, no, we're ready. Get back in, get back in. So she goes back in and then he goes back to just talking to his assistant. This goes on to the point where she absolutely explodes at him. And he's like, great, now we're recording. And, and literally like <laughs> didn't give her the opportunity to, to vent what she was angry about before they went straight in. He said, that's how you get the performance. He said, that that does work, but you do have to expect every so often you're going to get punched in the face, which I think is probably fair. And I think that that's a good metaphor for going with the flow on something is great, but every so often you're going to take some horrendous photos, but you just have to accept that those are in your computer. No one's ever going to see them, but yeah. you'll get to that one that you need. Yeah, yeah. So as far as being in front of a camera, is there like a point, if you're in one setup, one sort of one set, where it just feels like there's too many photos. It, yeah, it does get like that. But I think as... It depends what the assignment is. But as a model, often you're booked by a photographer or a brand for what they're wanting. If they want to take more photos, that's their prerogative to do so. Um, that's what we're there for. If it takes them 100 photos to get that one photo, then that's what it takes. Uh, so I guess that's another thing to be prepared for. You're... You are at the photographer's or the brand's or whoever you're working for's disposal. Yeah. And yes, you work together on it, but at the end of the day, you're paid to get an image. Most of the time you're trying to capture one, two, three images and you might be there all day trying to capture those images. Yeah. So if it takes 100 photos, 1,000 photos, that's what you're being so paid what's, for. So what's your tip for holding your concentration though? Because um, obviously like, there's a limit to how much the human mind can stay focused on something that's that boring yeah. as it can be. I have been on commercial shoots where I've been um, plugged in essentially to someone that's the client and they just want to keep rehashing stuff. And it's like, to me, we're getting past the point of it being worthwhile. We're getting to the point where we it's like might be technically great, but it's just the mood's gone. So how does a model stay focused? Is I it just loads just... of heroin or...? Heroin, definitely. <laughs> Cocaine, heroin, good mixture. Yeah, no, together I, is yeah, loads of energy. Unbeatable combination. No, I just think it's uh, a case of if you feel like you're getting to that point, maybe take a break, grab some water, um, do whatever you need to do for five, ten minutes and just be honest with it. Tell the photographer, oh, can we take a break for a little bit and come back to it. You might end up doing the same set again, but at least you've had that little bit of a break. You've had that time to kind of wind yourself down and then get back into the mood. But yeah, it is a case of then just being honest, I think, rather than just going through it for two, three hours. Yeah. Cause I think you can end up with a school pictures, like thousand yard stare thing. Going yeah, on. yeah, definitely. I've, I've been there to be honest with you on, not even as someone who stands in front of a camera, but I've been in 30 second conversations where it feels like five seconds in. I'm, I'm thinking about dinner tomorrow and stuff like that. So I can't imagine. So this conversation here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back to being a photographer though, what I, I, am not really a fan of talking gear, but let's talk gear. So what, what, what's your, what's your weapon of choice as a photographer? Uh, I've got a Canon 6D, quite okay. old, quite it's, old. It's, that's what I need to see. I genuinely think about 2013, we just hit a point with cameras as far as like DSLRs and, and stuff goes where it's lots of bells and whistles, but essentially the sensors now are pretty much the same thing just yeah. over and over again. Um, so Canon by choice or Canon by just chance? Um, by chance really. It's like what, everyone, right? Yeah. It's what I learned with. Um, and it's just kind of what I'm used to now. 
I I did go to a friend's wedding as a guest, so I didn't take my camera along. And a friend that knew I do photography as well gave me their Nikon camera. And I'm I'm sure if I sat down with it for <laughs> half an hour or whatever, I'd be able to work it out. But yeah. they were like, here's this, go take some pictures. I just looked at it as like, it's, I, everything's not where I want it to be. Yeah. All the settings are slightly different. I'm not going to spend time doing it and just kind of pushed it away. I was doing a workshop on Sunday and all three people on the workshop were Nikon shooters. And I mean this with all due, as a card carrying Canon shooter, Canon cameras are for stupid people because they just get out of the way for you to just do photography. You don't have to have a degree in IT to know how to change the white balance. Yeah. It's big squishy buttons that do exactly what they say they do and it's very straightforward. I look at a Nikon and honestly, I just I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about photography at all, apparently. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what I'm doing. This just looks ridiculous. And since we've got Jamila's Sony, the menu systems on there, honestly make you sterile they are so boring and you have to go like to format a card you have to go like a phone book deep into the menu just to format a card and things like that so what camera would you want right now if i said i've got a camera here you could have any camera you wanted what would you want everyone's going over to the is it sony a7 III? yeah so yeah. everyone's going over to that now um we have the a7r3 which is now old yeah a year in it's now old yeah I mean, I've I've heard good reviews about it. I've heard good reviews from people that have gone over from Canon. Um, so I'd be tempted to give it a go. Yeah. But great value for money as well. Like considering like the Canon equivalent of the A7 III is like a thousand pound more. Yeah. That's nuts. That's, that's where things are getting a bit ridiculous. Like Sony's, it's great because Sony are kind of pegging down the... Um, the pricing to actually be competitive as opposed to just ridiculous. Yeah. Lenses are cheaper as well. Yeah. Lenses lenses are getting great. I mean, um, so what, what's your sort of go-to portraiture lens when you're shooting people's? Um, I, I haven't got a huge amount of lenses. I'll be honest. Uh, Ideally I'd probably go for an 85 mil. Right. Um, like 50 mil works quite good. Yeah. Nifty 50, everyone says, but it, Everyone, everyone should have one if they don't already. Yeah, it does a yeah. job. Oh, absolutely. It's like considering, it's one of those like bang for buck things. You get so much out of it for yeah. such little money. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to, we're going to give you a really hard question. Oh, okay. And then we'll start to wrap up. You have to give up modeling or photography forever. No, no ifs, ands or buts. Which one are you giving up? Uh, modeling. You're giving up modeling? Yeah. Okay. It's is that just is that like a long game theory there? Like because modeling tends to be like a younger person's pursuit, you know, you can do photography for longer. Yeah, I think photography's got more longevity in it. Um it's it's what I started out doing originally as well. And it's what I I kind of made a more conscious choice to do photography, even though I was kind of roped into it, I consciously decided to yeah, I'm gonna pursue this a lot more. Yeah. Uh modeling wise, I've just kind of rolled with it. Um while it lasts, it's great. Um, at some point, people are going to stop wanting to shoot with me. And yeah, I'll probably be a little bit miffed about it, but yeah. I, I think I'd, yeah, definitely choose photography over modeling. And how's the the like family and friends reaction to you doing modeling? Has it been positive? Yeah, it's all been really positive. I mean, because I, what I remember of your family, they're all very nice. 
Yes, yeah. lovely, lovely Lo- people. There are families out there that aren't as nice as your one, so you're you're very fortunate. There's, there's some not-so-nice members of my family, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think we've and all I'm, got those. I'm happy saying that on a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're all nice, being really supportive with it. If, if I'm completely honest, all of my Facebook pictures before I started doing the modelling, absolutely hated. I thought I was the least photogenic person in the world. Yeah. Um, so a few family members were a little bit surprised. Um, but... Yeah, all being really supportive, happy with what I'm doing, um, and support me with it basically. No, that's yeah. really cool. That's great. And and as far as like the photography side of things goes, what where do you want to go with it? Where like right now, where would you want to be in five years with photography? Um, I'd I'd like to do weddings again and get back into it. Um, it's it's been a while since I've I've done a wedding, and that's kind of what I fell in love with capturing people's emotions. Um. Then doing headshots and stuff like that, portraits. I, well, I love doing on like that a commercial well. level where you'd be like working, yeah, doing headshots. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd quite like to do that. Yeah, actors and yeah, actors. So you're not you, more... you, you've not said anything about the potential of like sidestepping modelling into acting. Is that not something you'd be? Um, I I did do. This is where you tell me you're in like three films or something, and I've just yeah, not done load, my research. Loads of films. I'm yeah. a lead actor in like Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I've done, I, I did do a short movie before that was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> it's, it is on IMDb. It's, I'm credited in it, but it is pretty shocking. Right. It's bad. Um, I've been lead actor in a music video, which is quite cool. Um, it's fun to do it. It's fun to play the role of different people. Uh, yeah. If I had the opportunity to do more, I probably would. But again, it's something that's really hard to get into. I've got friends that do um, like extra work and some of the friends that have gone into it have kind of, I don't know, I see posts on Facebook of them having big parts in movies and you're like, I've, I've watched it back. I've seen the clip. You're like in it for a second and yeah. you have to pause it and zoom in and like... You, they're like four pixels. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's great that you can say you're in it, but at the same time, it's not it's not really a part. Well, I saw I saw someone who I don't know, but someone who I follow on Instagram um, would really. Uh, this is I'm killing it immediately. I would like to work with them, but this is going to kill it. And they put up that I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't ask me if it was one or two, but they put up that they were like um, a big part. Yeah. In this particular scene. And they they hiked it up for ages. They're like, oh, it's coming out soon. I'm so excited. Like, so excited to see how the whole team put the shot together. And it's just, it's like really funny because you're like, I get a feeling you're not that big in this yeah. because you've got like 14 followers and something doesn't feel right <laughs> here. And anyway, so I don't watch superhero movies, generally speaking, because it's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's a very good film for what it is it's just not my not my bag um but then she put up a thing in a story it was like for those of you asking i'm in the extended edition i'm not in the cinematic one i'll be out i'll be on blu-ray <laughs> and i just thought it was so funny that those months of hype and then just like wah, 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 wah. yeah yeah all right so um it sounds to me if you don't mind me taking a bit of a punt here that you're at a bit of a crossroads with it all because obviously no, I don't think anyone can commit to photography and modelling and anything else all in one go. So w- what's the plan going forward? Is the plan to kind of wait out the photography, do the modelling first or? Um, 
photography wise, I'm I'm slowly building up uh, a portfolio that I can I can put on a website. Um, I'm 29 at the moment, so realistically, I, I don't think there's a huge amount of life left in modeling for me. Um, I think there's there's a big step from your your older models to the young models. I think it's you've got to be there's like, a weird middle ground, right? Yeah, Where you're not one or the other. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think I'm nearing that kind of. Well, you've got the. You just have to put a bit of you know salt and pepper in the beard. And... I mean, if I, if I have a shave, I look about twelve. So that <laughs> that could work. That could work. Um, no, I'm I'm slowly building my portfolio. I'll I'll get a website together at some point. So to kind of like have a smooth transition from one to the other kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'll still do the modelling every now and then as it's requested, but I'm not gonna push it as much. Whereas the photography, I'll 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 actually make an attempt and see where it goes with it. Okay. All right. So where can people find you? What? Who are you on Instagram? Uh, so I'm at Matthew Roberts Model on Instagram. Um, and- Anywhere else? Any any secret stuff? Oh, you're on IMDb. We'll find you on there. Yeah, don't um, search. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. It's Thanks been, for having it's me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sorry it's so warm. That's all right. And have a good one. Cool. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>